is telling me it's live streamed and all that. <laughs> Absolutely. All I, right. I Hello and welcome just to family. This is giving you something to talk about or just a live TV. I am your host, Melissa Kretschler, and I'm an identity coach and a spiritual teacher. Today's episode is sponsored by the Butterfly Lotus Company, helping you heal one gift, one service, one product at a time. They specialize in spiritual teaching when you are new and you're just having your dark night of the soul or your spiritual awakening, they will help you guide you through, guide you through that process. You can check them out at a butterflylotuscompany.com. Today's episode, we are talking about what is shadow work. And I know that I absolutely love shadow work. I think that it is vitally important. And so does my co-host, Amy Sue. So Amy, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Amy Sue and I'm a spiritual mentor and coach. And, um, I basically just help people with inner child work and traumas and shadow work and just all things spiritual. It's like my life. I love it. And it's so much fun watching people change their lives. It is. I noticed I was talking to somebody else recently about uh, spirituality. And uh, so I have the two companies and I'm not promoting them. So I apologize, but just as a, I have two companies. So I have identity coaching and I have spirituality. And somebody mentioned to me today, why don't you combine the two? And I said, you know what? I, at one point in time, I had them combined, but my clients aren't ready for that step yet. Like my identity coaching clients aren't ready for that spiritual level yet. They're getting interested in it, but they're not ready to kind of take that leap. And it is, it's spirituality is becoming more and more an avenue for trauma healing because a lot of the traumas that we perceive are actually created because we're gifted and we might not acknowledge that we're gifted. We might not embrace our gifts. You know, I know a lot of people who are empaths and Empaths, psychics, and mediums have a lot of panic and anxiety because they're gifted and they don't know what that means. They don't know how to protect their energy. They don't know how to keep, their, keep themselves safe. And then that causes that panic and anxiety. So I work with a lot of that. And what, do you, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that our spiritual gifts and abilities can create you know, a lot of the trauma that we're dealing with? Oh, absolutely. Um, and I honestly, I would go so far as to say that most, most extremely gifted people have had extreme trauma because trauma, especially if you have, um, in particularly sexual abuse in your life, it, because it is such a abrupt thing and it's so terrific, it's so horrific on your body and your psyche, it oftentimes will open up people. And then they're now they have this trauma and then they're also gifted and they don't understand what's going on um, because the trauma part will be blocked out. And so they have these gifts, but they don't really know what happened, what's going on. And or and they also and they're like, Canada, take it back. Canada, take it back. <laughs> like, no, no, we don't want it back. But I should get your taste every once in a while. Exactly. Right. And I can't wait. I love driving. I can't stand winter driving, but I do love driving. It's like my happy place driving in my car. And I just, I can't wait. The, the roads right now, sorry, it's a little bit dark. The roads right now have been nice and clear. We just, the snow this past year has been up to, up to my chest. Uh, that's how much snow we had this year. It's almost gone. And now we're about to get another 40 centimeters, 80 in some places. So I'm not looking forward to the next three days and my kids are going to be home <laughs> because oh, it's yeah. Easter. And yeah, so we're going to have four days of kids and snow. In the um, house. All the time. It is quite dark in here. So I'm just lightening it up a bit. My husband tells me that the sun is not always the greatest in front of me, but I don't care. All right. So let's get into today, today's episode. I not have the same one. And I love having different, different opinions, right? because we all have different opinions. Um, yes. So for me, our shadow side, I can use many different analogies, such as you can't have light without dark, you can't have- And I actually, and I'm gonna link it in the description later. I found there's this graphic circulating across 
um, many social media platforms. And I'm just going to pull it up so that I can read it. So I'm not unfortunately going to be looking at you guys right now. But that if somebody punches you in the face, your shadow side is going to go, uh oh, now it's time to punch them back or, or what have you, right? Our shadow side gives us the courage, gives us the strength, gives us the ability to take the steps that we may fear to um, overcome things that are in our way or that are, you know, emotionally overwhelming us. Our shadow side is actually a gift that we don't utilize enough. And, and so that's my definition of it. Your shadow side is actually just a part of you that you haven't accepted because you think it's bad, but it's actually not. I'm volatile and vindictive. Um, absolutely. My shadow side is fight or flight. I will fight before I'll fight before I'll flight. And I will, you know, <laughs> I will, it's on. <laughs> if, if I'm feeling backed into a corner, my instinct, my shadow side says it's on, let's go right? I, I'm going to give as good as I take, but I've learned to control it. But if I'm out in public and again, somebody attacks me and I can't get away from them, my shadow side's going to step in and said, it's on, let's go. Right. Um, so what would your definition of shadow work be or, or your shadow side, I should say? Well, I would agree to a degree. I do think that shadow work is um, looking at those little itty bits of ourselves that we don't agree with or like or identify with or uh we deem them bad and unworthy right they're the it's that part of us that we think is bad but the truth is we're not bad we're inherently good we we all are love love is all there ever is and so um basically my definition of shadow work has kind of evolved a little bit in the sense that i do still think and we do still go in and we look at those parts of you that you find bad and not good, the icky, sticky, bitty parts, right? But when you get in there, you dissolve those with love, right? Because when love comes to the forefront, you find out that you're really love. It's all love. Even those icky, bitty parts, it's still love. It's love. It's just um, an error in perception about how that love looks and what that love is supposed to look like, right? And when you strip all that away, what remains is the love. So it's like removing all those blocks to the truth of who you are. So for example, if you have um, a shadow side and you say you have um, a, a darkness about you or you believe something is dark, right? And then you go in and then you look at it, you realize, no, this was to protect me, right? I.e. there's the love, the protection. So it's actually love disguised. And once you dig through that, you get to find the love. And when you find the love, that bad part dissolves, right? And yeah. it's our fear of that part of us because we think it's bad that actually guarantees that it's going to keep coming up, right? Because once you release the fear and you know that it's not bad, it's not going to hurt you, it's not going to make you bad, that you are still love, that it is indeed love, then there's nothing to fear anymore. And then you're not going to act out in that way anymore because that fear is what's causing you to do the actual habit or the thing that you're trying not to do in the first place. Right. Yeah. I'm, I wrote a, uh, and I love that. I absolutely love that. There's a different wording, different perspectives, right? I'm yes. <clears throat> I wrote a blog post and it's not up right now because I, I ended up revamping my website. So it's not up right now, but it was fighting your shadow self. And it was about somebody I absolutely love and care about who very much lives in their shadow side. So there is the ability to, you know, we have our positive and light side, we have our negative and shadow side. And then there's that gray in between, right, where we're accepting, acknowledging, loving, and, you know, just being both. And that's where somebody like me would be, or somebody like you would be, we would be in that gray space where it's, we can pick and choose what aspects of ourselves we utilize in that moment, right? where there are some people who live in their shadow side and those people are depressed. They don't like themselves. They're unhappy. They're so enmeshed in negative emotion that they, they can't get out of their shadow self. They can't get out of that shadow side. So everything is self-deprecation, self, you know, uh, self-sabotage. And they're constantly doing and saying things that are hurting themselves or, you know, making them a victim in a way. 
And so I, I did this whole blog post on fighting your shadow self because is going to have an opinion. Every you know, and some people will agree with what your decision and some people won't. Um, but anyway, just do what you want. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, starting, I want to, I want to give a little example here because this is part of why we're chatting. So those of you who may not know me, um, I had a dream as a little girl and my dream when I was 15 years old was to be a television talk show host. Okay. And I would go around, you know, during Oscar season with my, you know, my hairbrush and I would like pretend I'm commentary, commentating. And um, when I came to be 18, 19 years old, and you're supposed to go to college and, you know, pick your profession and all that. Um, there was a, a university that was in a different city that had a communications and journalism program. And I made the mistake at the time of wanting to stay local. Um, they didn't have that program because of my friends and, and all this. And so I ended up taking business in university and I ended up in a marketing background, which is fine. And so I then went into corporate and I was in the corporate world, you know, with my little computer and my little job and my, you know, little business cards and all that, right. I'm checking off the boxes that society tells me I have to check off. Yeah. So then I get to, uh, you know, 10 years later, I'm now 29. Right. And something is telling me this is not the right path. This is not the right path. But by then, again, for those of you who know, you've started to plant roots, right? So I can appreciate what you were just saying about your husband. It's like, how do I start over? I now have a 20-year pedigree, right? Or he does and whatever he's been doing. Um, so I ignored the little voice and I said, you know, Katerina, you've got a good thing here with your corporate job and your you know, 401k or your RSPs, depending on what country you're in. And um, I let another 10 years go by, Melissa. And all of a sudden I'm 39 and I still have this little voice telling me, but you're supposed to be a talk show host. You're supposed to be a television. You're supposed to be a, and um, you know, I was doing consulting and you know, my whole media background. And I took one look at my life at that point. And I was like, you know what little voice, you're right. And then, of course, the other little voice goes, well, who the heck are you to go to Hollywood now? Who the heck are you to start a new career now? Right. So we have that internally built self-doubt um, that then gets compounded by all of the chit chatter from the, you know, peanut gallery of our family. Oh, and so it's very difficult to make a move. You know, I know you can appreciate this because, again, everyone has an opinion. <laughs> yep. I started my talk show in January at 38 years old. <laughs> right. Like. It, there's nothing I started my businesses at 34 or around 34 I no sorry 32 yeah 32 I started my businesses and it just kept going from there right and but there was a lot of that there was a lot of the self-doubt a lot of the question a lot of like you know I didn't and and going another route is I'm I'm a spiritual teacher I didn't acknowledge the fact that I was spiritual or that I was spiritually gifted until my thirties. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, you're psychic now. No, I've always been psychic. sweetheart. <laughs> I just never acknowledged it. And then it's, you know, building that confidence and building that personal power and that unique identity of this is who I am, like it or leave it. I respect the fact that, you know, I, I respect you. If you stay, I respect you if you go, but this is my life. Right. And I need to do what's for me. And a lot of people, again, take that fear and they allow that to chatter. They allow the peanut galleries. They allow all that self-doubt and the 30 plus years of conditioning getting to this point of you need to retire. You need to build this. You need to do this. You need to do this. Right. Married, wife, kids, you know, husband. Well, by, the time, by the time you're 40, most people are expecting you to be divorced with half a dog. You know, because that's part of the timeline. <laughs> you know, so um, so I totally I totally can appreciate that. And the thing that I want to add to that, just to piggyback off of what you said, is if there's something in you that is that is prompting you in a certain direction, um, I believe that it's there for a reason. And so, um, you know, for any of you that might be finding yourself in that that ambivalent state right now. Uh, when I finally decided to listen to that little voice, you know, that, that, that just, it just whispers and it doesn't have to be loud, but it whispers and it's incessant. And um, I made 
the decision to go from behind the camera to in front of the camera. Uh, I made the decision to move from Florida to California to be closer to Hollywood, to be closer to the media hub of the world and to really get myself out there. Uh, within nine months of my stepping on soil in LA, I was 40 years old. I had an opportunity to go host uh, the Oscars, which you don't even, you know, a red carpet, be a red carpet host at the Oscars that year. That typically takes 10 years to get that post. But I was so in alignment. I was in alignment with what I'm supposed to do. And I was getting that internal energy because I loved it. And what that does for you is it collapses time. You can literally fold time when you actually get the courage to listen to that little voice. So next thing I knew, I, I, my career took off. It took off. And I didn't have to have the 15 years leading up to that point because it was in alignment for me. So I love that you are working in alignment with yourself. Mm-hmm. And for anyone that's on that cusp, it's like, I have a really fun exercise, Melissa. Maybe this will be of help to your husband or even to some of the listeners. It was certainly a help to me. Um, the biggest hurdle I found was giving ourselves mental permission to finally do what we want to do. Yeah. And the way I gave myself mental permission is I projected myself one night and I thought of my 80 year old self. Okay. So it was literally like a 40 year jump. And I, I started writing myself a letter from my 80 year old self to my 40 year old self. I was 39 and a half. Okay. Um, and my 39 and a half year old was saying to myself, who are you to go there? You're old. No one's going to want to hire you. Blah, 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 right? My 80-year-old self had such a different perspective. And my hand just started writing and it started saying, girl, you are beautiful. You are talented. You are so energetic. You are so young. You go make this move and it'll be the best thing that ever happened to you. And I looked at my life from that 80-year-old perspective and I thought, who do I want to be at that age? And that was really a pivotal moment for me. So I don't know if that exercise might be of some help to some of the people, you know, your audience, but it was certainly a help to me. Yeah, I've heard that. And I've I've had that story been told to me um, where a lot of people, even people who work in healthcare, have Mm -hmm. been on the units where end of life. Mm-hmm. And they asked people, there was, there's a story going around and it said, this man went into this, this old gentleman's room and he said, do you have any regrets? Mm-hmm. And he says, I don't regret anything I've done. I regret what I haven't done. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'd rather regret, and I don't even, I, I'm, I'm 38. I don't have any regrets. Everything that I did taught me something. Everything that happened or every decision that I made, I made because that was the information I had at that point. Mm-hmm. I'm now, and, and take my lesson, take Katerina's lesson. When I finally decided what I wanted to do and what direction I went on, wanted to go in, and that was over the last year, everything else fell into place. Everything else. Right. That's the alignment. Yeah. Yep. And people ask me, they're like, well, how long's your show been on? And I'm like, since January, Friday is episode 50. Right. And that's huge. I, you were talking about mainstream media. I don't know anybody else who's doing what I'm doing. I am live streaming a talk show. It's not on TV. It's on the internet. I am live streaming a talk show. It is also a podcast. It's also a blog. I'm creating a community out of the internet, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And, And changing it up. And this is the thing, Melissa, why not you? You know what I'm saying? Why not each and every one of you that wants to do what you want to do? Let's say you want to become a farmer. You know, and you're going, well, shoot, I've never planted a tomato, but I kind of feel that's my calling, but I have a background in taxes. It's like, yes, and 
We live in this age where if you have a calling, instead of putting on Netflix for three hours every night, you can sit and you can watch educational free videos about what you want to do. So for me right now, there's no excuse for anybody. Anything we want is at the tip of our fingers and it's up to us to take advantage of that or not. Absolutely. And we can have a completely different life if we, if we do. I, you know, when, when, and I'm, I'm going to share this story. My, when my, when I first started coaching and I'll, I'll kind of do this as my mid episode promo too, for, for the sponsor, right? I created today's sponsor. So I created a Phoenix identity. And when I created that, that company, I wanted to coach and work with individuals who were in high profile positions to, you know, celebrities, politicians, lawyers, doctors, people who had a reputation to uphold who weren't happy. Right. Mm. And Every time that I would mention that I wanted to work with celebrities, every time I mentioned it, my husband, who has been unbelievably supportive, we will not go there. He's been unbelievably supportive. He would say, I wouldn't say that yet. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that yet because I was new. And that put a lot of doubt in my head. It, and he didn't mean it intentionally, obviously. Great supportive husband. Um, but now when I finally said, I'm, I always tell people when I do the pre-screening interviews, I am like the, the love child of Oprah and Tony Robbins, but I'm better, right? That's, that's me. And so I, I looked at my past and I looked who I, who I looked up to and who I'd love to be like, not be because my life is my own, but who I wanted to emulate in a way. And Oprah, biggest person is Oprah and Tony Robbins, helping people. And so when I realized that I was able to show up on the show, I was massive stage fright, massive stage fright. Can't, I, I have huge stage fright. I don't like pictures, don't like videos, don't like listening to my own voice, but I started a talk show and I started it and I went to a show this past weekend and Paul Schaefer and Valerie Simpson were there they were on stage with our with our symphony orchestra and I'm sitting there and I'm seventh seventh row back the middle of the seventh row and I'm watching them and like the five-year-old I don't think my husband would be with me if I didn't challenge him and challenge his way of thinking and challenge his lifestyle and just fight with him every so often and be like, no, I'm not dealing with this. You can just shove it out your butt. Right. He, he thrives on stuff like that. And so do I, I need somebody who's going to give as good as he gets. Right. Yeah. And I, I like to have that, that I don't even know how to word that the repartee. Yeah. And the release, the, the back and forth, right? Like he, yesterday I'm walking around the house and for a good 20 minutes, I'm like <laughs> putting my arm out to backhand him, um, in, in a not so nice place. And I don't actually get him because mm -hmm. I wasn't, that wasn't my intention, but for a good 20 minutes, I'm like <laughs> pretending to hit him every couple of seconds. And he's just laughing with me. He's like, don't, <laughs> right? You need to be able to have fun. Mm -hmm. And if you're rigid and yeah. restricted and rules, and I'm just going to keep going with the R's, right? It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's, <laughs> Look it's at you and your alliteration. Um, what else was, I was just thinking about something and I'm totally irritated that that, I actually want to do an episode with my husband this Friday on, um, on what it's like to be my husband. <laughs> That'd be interesting. It would That'd be awesome. He's he, so we've been married 13 years and Great. so many changes over the years, mm -hmm. so many changes over the years. And this goes to our topic, right? He's allowed me or not allowed me. He's supported me in being authentic from start to finish in the middle of our marriage, because it's been 13 years, right? So but seven years ago, I came out as psychic, as intuitive, as a medium, right? I, I came out as very being very spiritual. And instead mm -hmm. of turning around and going, no, 
or brushing it off or he, he leaned into it, right? He has supported absolutely every step of my businesses, of me trying new things, every step of the way he supported me. And I've gained 60, 70 pounds since we got married and he doesn't care. Yeah. Right. And that's living authentically. You can have, and, and if you're worried about partners, you can have a partner who will support you through start to finish. Right. It's, you know, I'm sure your husband is supportive of you. I'm assuming he is. (laughs) Yes. No, you're, you're right. He very much is, you know, and I, I'm not as, you know, skinny as I once was. And, you know, I, like I said, I don't always put on makeup or, you know, even change my clothes and some tension. And all of a sudden I ended up meeting the man who would then become my fiance. And I ended up getting engaged at 42, you know, which is arguably 10 to 15 years later than society would deem appropriate. But why not? You know, now I have this amazing partner. We have an amazing life. I have an amazing career. And all of that happened after 40 for me. So please don't look at 40 as some sort of like, oh, shoot, it hasn't happened yet. That means like I did something wrong. Yep. Society will have us believe that. And then the pharmaceutical companies will have us go on some sort of drug that they sponsor for us to feel better about ourselves. When actually all we have to do is go for a walk in the sunshine, you know, like, yes. Yep. All mindset. Um, I actually watched, I was scrolling Facebook the other day and a video came up and it was women um, who didn't get married until they were older. Helen Mirren, I believe was one of them. Um, who else? There, there were quite a few actually. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I was like, right on. Like yeah. what? There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with, I've met women who don't want to be mothers ever. And I'm like, absolutely. You don't want to be a mom? Sure. I have no problem with that. You do you. I, you know, I support you hundred percent. I had children. I didn't have children. I, you know, never wanted to be a wife or a mother. Who doesn't matter, right? Mm-hmm. Even for men, if you don't want to have kids, if you don't want to get married, if you, you know, want to be a hoe for years, who cares? Like, well, and I think <laughs> you're not hurting anybody else. A hundred percent. And and you know, um, the one thing I love about Oprah is. You know, I remember through all the years, you know, even back in the early days when she had the actual talk show and it was always, she was always talking about gratitude, right? Gratitude, gratitude and the energy behind gratitude. And I hadn't really understood that the way I should have. I mean, I don't want to, I don't like shooting on myself, but the way it was probably intended until a little more recently. And now I look back and I go, oh my gosh, like I am in so much gratitude for that decade of 30 to 40 because I traveled, I traveled the world. I lived in Hong Kong, I lived in the south of France, I lived in Miami. I had amazing good looking Argentinian model boyfriends. Like I was in my own misery because I wasn't living up to society's checkbox. And now when I look back, I'm like, dude, I had the best decade of my life, you know, but you have to look at every chapter with gratitude. And it, and it, and it's, you know, for anybody, again, that understands quantum physics and the vibrational frequency of things, you know, gratitude, love, some of these higher frequency um, emotions actually expend a different vibrational frequency than some of the lower ones like depression or self-doubt or sacrifice. Um, you know, there's a spectrum that you can Google. It's kind of like a a tube and if you're in this part of the tube you know your life is miserable and many times it's self-imposed and it you know you can move into this neutral place and then move into gratitude love appreciation creativity intuition um you know and and, um once you do things will start to click for you and that's why i'm so happy for you because you're glowing right now you know why because you're doing what you love and yes maybe it's in your house right now i'm in my house too we're all in our houses and we probably will be for another two years so COVID goes away I and, like to my house. That's what I'm saying. There's nothing building our businesses yeah. in alignment with who we are. And that just will attract what we need. Yeah. 
my my husband and I were talking about future future plans for the show, and he's like, they said, what if a team, like, what if an actual um, conglomerate or uh, station yeah, like company, yeah. yeah, what if they pick it up? And he's like, isn't that what you want? And I said, no, yeah. <laughs> don't actually. I don't want to lose control of what the show is about. What, you know, I don't want to lose control of that say of being able to say yes or no, or who I interview or, or have a talk with, right? The integrity of my show is mine. And, and, and um, you know, somebody that comes to mind right now that, that, that had that exact same thought process, you know, was doing podcasts and then all of a sudden got picked up was Joe Rogan. Okay. Joe Rogan is a comedian. He decided to start a podcast to shoot the shit with people. And he did a few episodes, right? 50 episodes in four months. Melissa is amazing. You should be so proud of yourself. He gets hit up by Spotify, okay? So not even like MSNBC or one of the, the big legacy medias, just little Spotify. The purpose of it, right? And they're like, I don't want to change my life. I don't want to change who I am. You don't have to. It's changing mm-hmm. how you express that, right? Yeah. If you've got these beliefs that say, oh, I have to be this way, but that's not truly mm-hmm. you, you're going to express differently. Mm-hmm. right it's becoming authentic and saying I like to be barefoot yeah I want to walk around with no bra yeah. I don't want to wax my chest whatever it may be male or female right is living authentically for you in your relationships in your business in your friendships your family right when mm-hmm. you're not being authentically true to yourself it, you're not going to be happy. It's just the right. way it goes. You're not going to be happy. And that unhappiness shows up in your relationships, your business, your personal life, your friendship, everything. Even your yeah. finances struggle when you're not happy. It allows me to hire in the background. It allows me to um, advertise the show, right? And I'm not making money off the show. If, if eventually I do, great. If I don't, great. I have four other businesses. Two of them are the show. And one of them is Women Supporting Women, which is a huge movement that we've created on just literally women supporting women. I don't expect to get any money from those two, right? The other three, yes, those are my actual money-making businesses. But these, these two, that is it, right? Oprah just wanted to help. Did she make millions? Absolutely. But her intention was to help. And that's what I'm doing with the show. That's what I'm doing with women supporting women is just helping build those communities and being women in our, you know, almost forties and forties is that there's not enough of that. Yes. Right. There's not enough of that judgment free safe space where we can go and say, you know, I have this great life, but I'm not happy. Can you, can you give me some insight or help me? Or is anybody else feeling that way? If you're a young woman who says, I don't want to have kids. I don't want to get married, but these people are pressuring me. Come into that group, come into that space and listen to us say it's okay. Right. And that's, there's something so different and so powerful about that. Our conversation today about starting over after you are absolutely entitled to start over after 40. You, it's your life. You were talking about, um, that the, the colander, right. Or not the colander, the, uh, like the vase. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hourglass. Hourglass. Um, I like that one, but with, with that 95 and and I'm an identity coach, right? So everything that I do comes down to mindset. And then I have the spiritual energetic, all of that. 95% of your reality is based on your choices and your beliefs. We are responsible for 95% of that. There's about 10% where you get hit by the life bus and you can't control that. That is, you know, uh, sickness that is other people's death in the family right yes right life will hit you with that life bus and that's Mm -hmm. about you know five ten percent 
But the 90, 95%, that's your creation. If you're in relationships that you don't like, your creation. You're in a job that you don't like, your creation. And that's not a shame and it's not a judgment. It's, you know, I want to hold you accountable and say you have the the power to change that. So why not at 40? Why not at 50? I've worked with women who are in their 60s and 70s, 70s, just starting out on their spiritual journey. Mm -hmm. And they've been some of the most amazing women I've ever met. And everyone's timeline is different. Mm -hmm. You know, some people will get that hit when they're 10. Some people will get it when they're 70. And it's never too late. You know, Um, somebody that comes to mind as well is Martha Stewart. So Martha Stewart was, uh, you know, a housewife in Connecticut who, you know, was in in the financial world to a degree uh, and decided to have a giant um, dinner party and really kind of just put the whole thing together and then thought, oh, you know, I could write a book around kind of hosting and and all of this. Um, It wasn't until 55 that Martha Stewart created Martha Stewart Living. And now she's in her mid seventies and she's doing shows with Snoop Dogg. And she's an empire, you know, she's an empire. No one's telling this woman not to because she's a certain age. So why on earth would we put those limitations on ourselves? Yeah, absolutely. Shit. Like, I know she started young, but look at Betty White. Yes. Betty White is one of the iconic women of our centuries. (laughs) That woman, like... I was telling my husband when she passed away, I was like, oh, like this is the the worst way to end 2021 was was with her passing. But at the same time, I told my husband, I said, if I had a spirit, it would be Mm -hmm. Betty White. Like I'm I just I want to be 99 in Betty White. Like I that's my goal, right? right? Is like Betty White loved by all because you're a master in your trade and you followed your heart. You know, and even for the men that are watching, I don't want to exclude you because the other person that comes to mind is, you know, Colonel Sanders. We've all heard this story where the depression hit in the 1920s. Colonel Sanders was 65 years old when he started KFC, Um, you know, and he had this idea for fried chicken. And he was from Kentucky. So he's like, I'll call it Kentucky Fried Chicken. And he literally, you know, made the blend of the seasoning or whatever goes around this chicken that he was frying. And he was going door to door selling this chicken. And, you know, fast forward 100 years later, you know, what? I don't, I don't want to please misquote. It might have been the 50s or 60s, but I think it was, you know, before World War One or two. Um, you know, a billion dollar international global company based off an idea that a 65 year old man had. So you have a hunch, I think right now with all this COVIDness that's been happening and the reality check that we've all been put into, it's like, what the heck are we waiting for? You know, what are you waiting for? Just go do it. Yeah, yeah. And there's there's a lot of women like us who will help you through that, who will support you, who will guide you, mentor you, um, and just build those connections with you that you need to feel empowered and feel confident and and not even women just I work with men as well right not all of my businesses are geared towards women um I love working with men because men are so understated right and again same thing with men why not change your life after 40 like 35 40 50 60 it doesn't matter right and I, and I question this, and this, I think, is the biggest question. How many, and, and this goes back to my training as an identity coach, how many men and women, as they hit those life society expectations, as they hit those goals, how many of them struggle with mental health? So here's, I'm going to give you my examples, okay? Wife and mother. So a, a woman gets married. When she gets married, she does, she's, so I'm going to use my own example. So before I get married, I'm Melissa. When I get married, I'm now Tom's wife. When I have children, I'm now their mother as well as Tom's wife. But my marriage kind of gets pushed to the side a little bit. Now in 20, the two thousands, I'm also a career woman. So I have a career on top of that. 
So I'm doing all of these things. I'm running myself ragged, trying to get to everything and make sure that everyone's happy. So my identity gets put to the wayside. My identity with my partner gets put to the wayside and it's my children and my career, right? And even my ch children get put to my wayside if I'm working a nine to five. So, because then I'm, I'm culpable to somebody else. So when you, when you get to a certain point, your children reach 18 or whenever they go off to college, whatever happens, when you become an empty nester, a lot of men and women will sit there and men, women especially will be, well, who am I now? My job's gone. Yep. Right. When you're now an empty nester and there's no children and it's just you and your partner. Now it's like, who are you? Never mind who are you? Who are, who am I? You don't vibe anymore because you put no effort into that. Right. Yeah. No effort into yourself. So you have no idea who you are now. Same thing when you retire. So our generation was taught work, work, work until you retire and then retire. When you retire, if you're sitting there and you're doing that, who are you? You've spent the last 50, 60 years on this Putting one career. Shell. Yes. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And then all of a sudden that career is gone. Who are you then? So never mind 40, right? When you retire, you're already starting over. Yes. And, and a lot of people, I have an uncle of mine who retired quite late in, in his early 70s. And they finally, he was an engineer, they finally pushed him out. You know, they're like, dude, you're not even 55 or 75, you got to go. And he couldn't handle it. He had no idea who he was. He had no idea what to do with his time. His entire life had been built on this 50-year career. And he manifested uh, an, uh, an illness he passed away two years later, Melissa, mm -hmm. you know, somebody that, that had been at the height and the pinnacle of life just collapsed into himself. So it can happen at any age. Yep. If you're 70 and you know, you're 40 right now, you're 35 or you're 45 or you're 55, doesn't matter what age you are. You have so much life ahead of you. You know, why not lean into life? Mm -hmm. We did an episode not that long ago called Reconnecting Through Nature. We also did one on, uh, on sleep. Both of the men that we had on the show, because those two episodes were done with uh, male co-hosts, both of them were veterans. Mm -hmm. And they shared their story as veterans. And one of the biggest things, and, and not at, again, even not at 40, veterans have it so hard when they become civilian yes right because yes. again your identity is gone your identity is not your age your identity is not your career it's not you know you can start over any time any aspect of your life because you're just reconnecting to yourself and it's what you said earlier it it really comes down to our beliefs you know and the internal self-dialogue. I do a lot of language coaching and communications training. And, you know, if you sit there all day going, I'm broke, I'm broke, I'm broke, I'm broke, I'm broke, I'm broke. Like you will manifest broke. Your conscious mind is giving instruction to your subconscious mind. Your subconscious mind will create whatever reality you tell it to create. So if you sit there going, I'm broke, I'm broke, I'm broke, I'm broke, and you look at your bank account, you're going to be broke. And if you sit there going, I'm investing in myself, I'm investing in my future, I'm investing. Every time you, you put money into something, you release it with intention versus this, this fear and anxiety and stress, um, you're going to create a different reality based on your beliefs. But it really goes back to internal self-talk. Yep. And I think what happens, going back to you know the premise of this particular episode, is around 40, we're mature enough, we've lived enough lifetime to look back and go oh geez am I living the life I want yeah and very few people can say yes to that and it's not necessarily your fault there's so much societal programming you know that to have the awareness to number one ask yourself that question number two be honest with yourself about the answer to that question and number three recognize that a lot of it was imposed on you 
based on the beliefs of others, your community, your parents, your society, uh, but that ultimately we have the opportunity to create our reality, um, then that's a very empowering position to put yourself in. Yeah. Uh, you just gave me an amazing business idea. <laughs> Yay! I know, I saw you grab the pen. I'm like, something something clicked there, yeah. Uh, something definitely clicked there. And one of the things that I'm going to start offering, and I, it's like, you don't, you don't identify with this anymore. You're just you. And you just don't care. Like you said, it's, oh, I love it. Sorry, I could go on a tangent. Thank you. Well, and I love what you're saying. The other side of that too, though, is you and I do this in our businesses. And, and I totally love this. This is my favorite part is, can you imagine that? And, and I challenge anybody watching this episode. Whatever situation you find the hardest, whatever experience you've had, whatever thought you've had, whatever negativity you're holding on to that brings you down to, to that level of unhappiness, can you imagine the feeling of what it would be like when you change that feeling and that situation so that it no longer has that effect on you? And instead of having it bring you down, it propels you forward. You turn that situation into a springboard, right? And that's why I love the springboard, right? You take whatever negative situation, experience, thought, belief that you're holding on to, and instead of allowing it to bring you down to a level you don't want to be at, that now springboards you forward and you create you know, something even more beautiful. I've had clients where they come to me and they're like, Melissa, I'm experiencing this and I'm tired and I'm unhappy and I'm emotionally unstable. And it's one thing, one traumatic event that creates it. Right. And they tell me what that traumatic event is. And I turn around and I help them change their perception of that event. Mm -hmm. Right. Change the perception of it. Right. So instead of it being a victim scenario, now it's an empowerment that that transformation alone to be like like you said right the self-love that's like oh hey you're right that situation yeah. didn't make me less that situation made me stronger and smarter and more capable and it's like i love uh, the look on the look on their face when that changes is one of my favorite moments. Priceless. It's yeah. priceless. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 I get so excited about this topic and for the same reason, right? Because it is so transformational. There are so many different aspects to it that people just don't understand. And that self-love and that being able to bring yourself out of that and say, I'm good, I'm good. I, and I'll use myself as an example. So over the last week, I've been dropping the ball. I've been feeling really overwhelmed. I have three businesses. I'm trying to now do all three at the same time uh, while putting things in place, which is great. I'm not complaining. Um, but at the same time, when I feel overwhelmed and I don't know where to start. So if you walk into a room and you've got, it, the room is a disaster, right? Let's say you've got clothes, dirt, whatever. The room is a disaster. And you walk in there and you're like, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know where to start or what to do first or how, like, it's the, it's the, the, what's the, the strategy behind it right? You lose the strategy. Life gets that way. When you're victimized and you're living in your, in your, in your shadow self, you lose the strategy because you're so emotionally overwhelmed that you don't see what the strategy could be. And I can't, oh yes. So today I'm talking and today I, and one of my, my favorite people and I today, decided to create even more and we're creating a fourth business um and I'm going to be partnering with somebody else on this fourth business and 
the reason I'm saying this isn't to promote it. It's to say that, you know, we might not be where we want to be. I'm going to use me as an, I'm not where I want to be yet. I want to be Oprah. I want to be at that Oprah level. I want to be Tony Robbins level, right? I want to be the expert that people go to because I know, and I have the confidence to do it. That's where I want to be. But there's a lot of people who are living in their shadow self and they're thinking to themselves, I'm going to be happy when. That is a famous, famous shadow side quote is I'm going to be happy when. Today I'm sitting down and I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> I'm stressed because I'm an entrepreneur and that just happens, right? And I'm a mother of four and all this other stuff. But I'm sitting here and I am so excited of what's to come. I'm ex so excited for the planning, for the, you know, the everything that goes with it, right? I haven't relaxed all day today. I've been in meetings all day. I've been in plan mode all day. As soon as the episode's done, I'm back in like this topic where, oh, hey, I don't have to wear makeup today. I can be authentic and make people feel a little bit more empowered every yeah. day. Yeah. And that's that's what I'm trying to bring with this show is, is building a community of my gist of family, right? Where it is, it's giving you something to talk about. And it's funny, I'm getting merch made and one of it is going to say just a family because I'm, 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 that's what I'm creating. I'm creating a giving you something to talk about family. And when you, when Facebook starts the video, because as you can see, it gives credits or captions, right? It captions yeah. the video. And changing environment or changing your state with, with whatever tools that you, you know, you do. I love the way you, you introduce the singing, you know, um, as a tool to, to help with that health um, because some people are gifted singers and that's not me. That's <laughs> not one of my things. <laughs> that's, that's why my happy place is driving in my car or having my music blaring in the house. Nobody home. I'm singing at the top of my lungs, like a, you know, dying animal. And I'm okay with that. Be to be encouraged. I have one lady who laughs every time I go live because she's like, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> she knows yeah. well, before I started the show, I would go and go to record a video and it, 